Welcome to the C Word Podcast. I'm your host, Beck Hughes. This is where creative meets business. Here we explore what it takes to harness your creative gifts and turn them into a thriving business. You can have a brand and business that allow you to create work that feels amazing to call yours, have clients you love serving, and live a life that feels like the only place you want to be. Welcome to the C Word Podcast. Now, today I'm joined by one of my very favorite people, Marianne Amies. Marianne is the founder of award-winning digital marketing agency, Wise Up Marketing. She has lived through the launch of Instagram, paid social ads, TikTok, and everything in between. You could call her the veteran of digital marketing. For over a decade, she has passionately led a successful multi-six-figure agency that has helped over 700 businesses to leverage digital marketing, as well as developing the digital marketing careers of over 25 of her team members. She is very much in the digital space. Marianne draws on her training and teaching experience alongside over 20 years as a professional marketer to educate business owners in digital acumen, to inspire entrepreneurs on their journey across social media channels, podcasts and speaking events. In this episode, we cover a lot of ground. Marianne is an all-round good human being. To be honest with you, settle in for some lighthearted banter and stick around for the digital marketing gold as well. We cover the challenges and opportunities of social media for creatives and the future of the curated feed. Importantly, we also go beyond social media and Marianne shares her insight on digital marketing strategy in the current digital landscape, including your website, list building, email marketing, and digital networking. Oh, and you will find out what Marianne really thinks about the British royal family and what she'll do to you if you give her cheap chocolate. So enjoy. This episode is awesome. Hi, Marianne Amy's. Welcome to the C Word podcast. How are you, my sweet? I am so good back. I look forward to every time that we can be together on air or otherwise. I know. And we do love a good chat. We do. Has to be said. <laughs> and a good laugh. Um, yes. Kindred spirits. Yeah, 100%. We definitely share a sweary, cheeky, off the wall kind of <laughs> approach to things. But also you are obviously a gun when it comes to the digital marketing space. I love listening to your podcast. I just love listening to everything you've got to say about social media and digital marketing beyond that. So really was super keen to have you here to have a chat about that. We will get into that in a moment. Okay. But first of all, oh gosh, if you've listened to any of my guest podcasts on the C word, you oh, will yeah. know that there's always a little hot seat at the beginning. I feel my blood pressure going now. I'm getting the tingles. <laughs> Getting the sweats. Getting the- That's what I like. That's what it's all about. I love to put my guests under undue amounts of pressure, a bit of <laughs> cruel and unusual torture to kick things off. Just to set the tone, really. <laughs> yeah. So on that bombshell, I am going to ask you a few questions, quick fire questions. Yeah, right. And I just want you to pick one of the two things. The oh. rules are you can't pick both. Come on. You can't pick something else. 
Oh God. Okay. Okay. I love to fence it. So I'm pulling up my socks. Let's do it. Yeah. Think of it as therapy. Okay. So number one, wine or water? Oh, oh gosh. I mean, we know that water is a necessity for life, <laughs> but from enjoyment perspective, let's go with wine. <laughs> this is a good one. Oh. Real housewives or walking dead? Oh, controversially walking dead, but the early phase. Like I definitely got sick of it towards the end, but loved it at the start. Is that heartbreaking or heartwarming? No, sure. that's literally you are my people. You, you are talking my walking dead Be- language. Beautiful. Yes. And I didn't like the spinoffs either. I was like, no, I'm done with this. That was, it went too far. Yeah. Honestly, I could have do a whole podcast about walking dead. <laughs> I did do a whole po- podcast about stranger things. So maybe I should do walking dead too. Oh yeah. Well, glad to know we're on the same page with that yeah. one. Chocolate or cheese? Oh, chocolate. I don't even have to hesitate. <laughs> That was good. Every I like that. But good quality chocolate. So I have been known, this is just like a, a huge confession. I will spit out chocolate that's not great quality because I reserve my calorie intake for the highest quality chocolate. So oh. like Easter egg chocolate, not a fan. Like Princess in the pea territory. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I will spit it on you if I have to. <laughs> Do not give me some. I'm glad we're doing this on Zoom. <laughs> Um, Instagram or LinkedIn? Ooh. Oh, back, back, back. You really, you've missed your calling in journalism. This is I know, it's not meant to be easy, theory. right? Honestly. <laughs> um, I don't casually peruse LinkedIn. I, I do go to LinkedIn with a purpose where I do casually peruse Instagram. So from a personal enjoyment perspective, it would be Instagram. The gram. The- wins and the day TikTok as well I do like a bit of TikTok mm-hmm. even though I'm ancient and don't belong on there I do quite like a bit of TikTok. secret confessions of the digital marketer don't tell uh summer or winter I've always said I can't decide because I love skiing and I absolutely love going to the beach but really I haven't skied since I was about 20 which was only yesterday obviously but also I should just be honest I think it's summer for me I love to tan I oh Safely tan. I love the beach. I love, <laughs> yeah, no, summer. Summer all the way. Summer wins. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Yay Please. for the dogs. No brainer. Yeah, too easy. Dressed up or sweats? Oh, I think it's dressed up for me. I don't really wear sweats unless I'm sweating. Um, (laughs) yeah so for me it would be yeah it would be I do I mean I love dresses I love clothes yeah dressed up all the way this is my diva dressed up the best chocolate available like it's all there I love the inner diva these questions are designed to pull that out we're getting to know the real (laughs) Marianne the results are in yeah family barbecue or fancy restaurant Mm. you've got to stick to the brand now though Oh, I know. I do love a fancy restaurant meal. I enjoy a family barbecue, but let's be honest, like if we're not involved in the cooking and cleaning, so let's go fancy restaurant. You're on brand. Thank okay, you. this might be my favourite. Oh, God. Meg and Harry or William and Kate? Ooh. Oh. Yeah. What team are you on? Am I allowed to ask back? Is that allowed? Well, you can change, you're changing the rules. <laughs> I'll allow it. 
Grammar. Um, look, I wanted it to be Megan Harry in a way, or Harry at least. Yeah, totally. And I wanted to keep an open mind when I watched the three-parter, the yeah, documentary. Yeah. But in the end, I couldn't help feeling like, yes, they've they've had like some crappy yeah. stuff has happened. Agreed. There's no doubt. But I just felt like there's people with real problems. Yeah. So I think yeah. we're probably on team Will and Kate. Yeah, by default. Yeah. Yes, almost, yeah. isn't it, right? Because they're also not sure not that relatable either <laughs> <laughs> no I I yeah yeah um she does wear amazing clothes and she has great hair so I like that yeah but she's got that she probably loves really good quality chocolate I'm not I couldn't see her spitting it out though if it wasn't no no you'd probably it politely wouldn't be presented it. to her poor quality she just wouldn't be in the room with poor quality chocolate <laughs> huh. not something she's ever gonna have to deal with <laughs> no no it's not on her radar <laughs> I love it. And finally, late nights or early mornings. I have to break the rules back. I just have to break the rules because it's too disingenuous to answer any other way. I like to go to bed early and I like to sleep in. <laughs> <laughs> and on my podcast, I've talked about this a lot. And I just feel saying anything else right now would just make me a liar. And I'm not comfortable with that. Like, I just. I just want I to love say that's the perfect answer. <laughs> sleep at both ends. Late nights or early mornings, answer sleep. Yes, always. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you so much for humoring me. I loved you at those oh, answers. I've learned more about you. Yeah. Yes. And so many more similarities, of course. Of course. <laughs> now then, when I introduced you, I think the thing that I that popped out to me the most was the way you had described yourself or someone had described you I described you as a veteran of digital Mm -hmm. marketing obviously digital marketing is your wheelhouse it's something you've got an amazing agency that I have watched as I said on the periphery of you doing such amazing things and you've mentored so many of your team but also your clients around digital marketing so what do you mean when you describe yourself as that I um I did a presentation or we did a training a few years ago like a upskilling event and I showed this great um clip from a comedian called Eliza whose last name evades me right now and it's on the elder millennial and she's like gather around the home phone and sort of like showing the young millennials how it works and I kind of feel that's who I am in the digital space I'm like the you know the the elder millennial digital because I mean I launched well I can't say I launched an agency in 2010 but I certainly started freelancing in the space in 2010 and you know that's now sort of like 13 years of digital marketing and more and more in the last sort of five or six years, a lot of digital freelancers have popped up who are considerably younger and don't have as much tenure and they do amazing jobs and I'm certainly not discrediting them at all, running an Instagram account quite successfully for yourself and then taking on the management of other people's Instagram accounts. Sometimes there's strategy pieces that they don't quite cover and and or, or you know they're good at the doing but maybe not at the bigger picture and I feel like I think of myself as a veteran as I feel like I've been around the you know the digital marketing block a few yeah. times so when I started it was Facebook and it was cat memes 
and any sort of meme was amazing. There was no Instagram. Who who are you, Instagram? Like, didn't know you. There was no paid ads. You know, this is back in the dark ages where people commented, but they didn't comment. They wrote a whole essay on a Facebook post and revealed their deepest, darkest secrets to the whole world. And literally everybody did see it because the post went viral. (laughs) Beck has commented on a post. Oh, wow, Beck, this is very interesting insight. I remember my niece, maybe it was about 2013 or 2014, saying she must be about 12 or 13 telling you about Instagram. I was like, oh, no don't need to know about that. Don't know what that is. Don't care. Like, you know, and then two years later or a year later, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, we're managing Instagram accounts. And it was sort of the same with ads. You know, I've been managing social ads for, yeah, probably 12 years. You know, as soon as it sort of was released to small business, we started using it for clients. So when I say veteran, you know, I feel like (laughs) I've been living the, the digital marketing roller coaster for, you know, many decades, you know, I think it mainly just speaks to how old I am. (laughs) I'm just an old person. You could have said geriatric of digital marketing. But yeah, I suppose there is so much that has happened. And we do have chats about this evolution and how things have changed. And I suppose I think what I see you doing is being a bit of a bridge. You know, there's two parts to that. One, I've always been really big on just making it simple. And I think that's very much my persona as well. Like I, I'm not a I'm not a person that really gets stressed. I'm I'm a pretty, you know, I'm a pretty cruisy person. So when people come and they feel stressed about, you know, all this pressure of digital marketing, all I want to do is make that go away for them. And so, you know, I've always been really committed to that kind of demystifying, simplifying. And, and, and to your point, like bridging. And then I think the other benefit is I've had staff now for oh, probably nine or 10 years and, you know, they're generally, generally quite young. And so from them, I get really kept in touch with lingo and trends and, you know, things that are happening. So I feel like I kind of see both sides. On that, what I wanted to start with is to chat a little bit about socials. Socials is, I think, what we wake up with, what we live our day with and what we go to sleep with, (laughs) (laughs) rightly or wrongly. But socials is obviously a big part of content marketing and digital marketing. When Instagram came about, for creatives and designers who are very visual, it was like the beacon. You know, we could just go and consume all this really lovely content and has become something that creatives invest a lot of time in I feel like the perfectionism piece for designers would also contribute to why they spend so much time on it being so visual uh being so represented by their output you know they wouldn't take Instagram lightly in terms of what they're going to put out there yeah and that does become a bit of a bind so what I wanted to ask you Mm. is what are the perhaps the missed opportunities or the big things, maybe some of the mistakes even that you see designers making, not just on Instagram, but on on socials as a whole. I don't want to be sort of like, oh, let me tell you all the things that creatives are doing wrong on socials. Um, But, you know, if I could give some positive advice, and I know we all hate to hear it, but hiding behind our work, you know, I, I can't stress enough that the the competitive advantage that every soloist or small business has over its bigger business counterparts 
there's a person, there's a there's an individual, there's a a real, you know, human being sitting behind it. And now people connect with that. We want to buy from people. We want to connect with a person. And then from there, we want to, you know, transact. So I think hiding behind their work is a, is a huge, you know, mistake slash missed opportunity. Yeah. You're, you're trusting somebody or, or as a designer, somebody wants to trust you with their brand, with their brand identity, with their brand outputs. So they need to trust you, the person. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the thing that I often say being in brand is that it's your brand that sets you apart. And when it comes to being a creative, particularly if you work for yourself, you are the brand. So mm. if I can't see you, then I can't see what really sets you apart. And look, everybody's work is different and people will grad, you know, potential clients will gravitate to a certain kind of work. You know, the honest truth is there, there are lots of designers out there probably doing a similar standard of work yeah. or a similar style of work. You might not be standalone in that. Yeah. So your real opportunity, as you say, is, is who you are and that connection yeah. that you create. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you think about, if I think about those huge design agencies, you know, they tend to attract their work based on the big brands they've worked for. You know, oh, those guys did the Woolworths logo update. We're Audi, we should go to them, you know. Whereas that small business, I am looking for a more personal connection. Oh, that that um, designer, you know, she has a real quirky nature. I'm a quirky person. I'd love to work with her, you know, and I think there's there's that personal connection. I think another opportunity is talking about all the things you do. You know, I think all of us have our favourite child, you know, so maybe for your business it's logos. So all you ever do is show like logo glow-ups, logo transformation, logo development, but actually you end up doing the business card or the website layout or a brochure, not talking about everything you do. And, and that being both those physical outputs, but also the capability, you know, I can help you with strategy if that's what you do. I can help you with messaging if that's what you do. That is such an important point because I do think for creatives, because that's what we're in and that's what we're about. We, we think that everybody just wants to see our creative work. So we kind yes. of, it's a bit of a, a sort of cycle in a way. Yeah. But there's so much, when you think about what your client might want to know, they yeah. might want to know what it's like to work with you. What's your process going to be like? Yeah. It might actually be very handy to talk about outcomes in terms of, you know, genuine ROI from the work that you yeah. did or results. Yeah. You know, I see a lot of testimonials being shared, but also yeah. were there like tangible results that came from that work? Yeah, I think it is about being a bit more expansive, isn't it? Also, you know, your your FAQs, like if people always ask, how long does it take to work on a new brand? You might be able to do multiple posts about that. Me saying this today and you going off tomorrow and doing one post, that post won't last you forever. Someone's not going to scroll down 36 squares to read it. In three weeks time, you can talk about it again in a different way. I think though another mistake is forgetting to showcase your work, you know, getting so bogged down in the doing. And often when your, you know, your one month pipeline is full, you take your foot off the social media digital marketing pedal because you've got lots of work on. I've got lots of work yeah, on. Yeah. I'm full. I'm busy. Da, da, da. But what's coming after that? And what's coming after that? And how long is your awareness to conversion cycle? Does somebody need to maybe experience you for a month or six weeks before they reach out? Or is it slower? Is it faster? 
because if you're if you take someone six weeks to to even come on board with you and you're busy now but you're not marketing in six weeks time you're going to have nobody that's ready to come on board with you so are you doing it in a routine enough way that you're keeping people warm and engaged with you are you being reactive or proactive I suppose Yeah. yeah yeah that's a great way to say it I think some designers feel the pressure of curated feed yes and it all looking beautiful and it all being really considered I would love to get your opinion on that particularly from a creative's perspective I feel like creatives will hate me saying it because it's hard to let go of but I think more and more it doesn't matter with the introduction of videos certainly with the introduction of reels it's almost impossible to keep the feed as aesthetically pleasing as we used to. We certainly used to map the graphic and image content in a pattern. A testimonial will happen every nine, so then it's always beautifully aligned. You know, all those sorts of things. As a designer, it's going to be impossible for you to have one palette running through your feed because you might design a logo for someone tomorrow that's neon or you might do a whole brand identity for uh, you know someone really corporate and and that's going to be in really corporate colors now how can you showcase that work if you're so concerned about how that aesthetically is going to you know honor your your um palette that you've chosen with on the fly content with reels with reels that might feature your face or reels that might feature you working away on something very, very hard to produce all those different things and keep that grid looking consistent. And I actually had the thought the other day with my own Instagram, I used to make my posts, then go to the grid view and reorganize them. And I realized the other day, oh, I haven't done that for months. I've actually just been... I wouldn't even know how to do that. I use later as my... Oh, you mean... Pre-posting, Sorry, when you put it yeah, all planned yeah, out. Yeah, I was like, can I go on Instagram and rearrange they my posts? They may bring in a feature to reorganize the posted grid, which I think yeah. is so very exciting. Yeah, I don't think there's that that pressure. Maybe a little bit for photographers because they tend to shoot in a style and an aesthetic. But again, you're still going to have a variation of color, of location, of you know theming. So I really think. It should be a reflection of all you can achieve and not so much a concern of does this look like the most beautiful portfolio pulled together? Uh, I just don't think that the consumer is using that as a proof point as much. Right. Because it's definitely a burden. Mm. And I think sometimes it is something that becomes like really time consuming. I do tend to think that even by having certain threads of colors, fonts, through it Mm. keep that consistent look without it having to be overly curated maybe yeah absolutely and and coming back to that you know if you are doing like an FAQs and that's a real you know you could overlay a certain text on that that you keep consistent across all your reels or you know you always have a certain color in your text you can have some consistent branded threads but I don't think we need to get to that feed and feel that pattern or that palette or that overly curated feel. We've talked about socials because socials is a big thing. And I actually did a little post to my my group yeah. in Facebook today. And I asked, what are you doing to expand your reach and your profile beyond posting on socials? And of course, 
it's important. I think we'd all be naive to think that it's not important anymore. What might be some of the other opportunities beyond socials that designers could think about? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, if you do not have a website, can I please just bleed my heart to you to to get one? I'm always super concerned for people, for businesses that don't have a website and rely on their social medias as their portfolio. Um, I always think, you know, social is a rented space. And if you woke up tomorrow and that platform now had a hefty subscription fee or crashed and everything was lost, how would you be able to connect to anybody? So definitely a digital strategy is a well-maintained website with a strong SEO focus. So making sure when you you start with the website that you are putting in SEO keywords and, and, you know, maybe having someone assist you to do that. And then looking at how to continually build on that blogs or case studies, you know, those beautiful social media posts that you go to all the effort to write about how you took a brand from A to B and you show a lovely transformation photo. That's a great blog. You know, that's a a case study or a blog that on your website is is going to go further for you. So I think, you know, the website, it sounds funny to say it's a digital strategy, but, you know, it really is. And, And especially SEO. I think you're, you know, nurturing your email list, continually trying to grow your email list. They might not need your services all the time. There might be a long period in between, or there might be a long period of when they first, you know, come on your list to when they're ready to convert. But having a meaningful, regular email where you're continually nurturing people that have done business with you, want to do business with you, got a quote off you once two years ago you know it's but it's surprising how that work comes back around you'd know this too back sometimes somebody will reply to our newsletter who I might have quoted three years ago and they'll say I want to go ahead with that website now oh, our prices have gone up four times since then <laughs> they, they almost talk as though you were just talking to them yesterday and you know that's that power of your email marketing keeping in touch and to really be effective in email marketing, it's about how do you add value to that person? So not just going, here's some latest things that I designed. This month, let's review how your physical branded materials compare to your digital branded materials and, and give them a checklist to go through. You know, how can you make that email have value to anybody, current, past, future client, where they will want that email every month? Making that email so desirable that they they look forward to it they don't want to delete it because it's not about us just pushing out the information did you know I also offer this or here's a great brand I just launched no give me something that benefits my business journey and help me that way and then obviously coupled with that is is finding ways to build your list which is obviously a bit of a pain point for people as well you know how do we attract people to our list and I think looking for opportunities as well to to collab as well. What other complementary businesses are there out there where you both are targeting similar people? You know, maybe a personal branding photographer is a great place for you to, to team up with as a creative, as a designer. You might run some sort of collaborative offer or a collaborative workshop. So then you're both benefiting from each other's audiences and you have a bit of an opportunity to grow a list 
in a different way um, than just trying to go out on your own and grow your list, whether it's a, a freebie or this or that, you're going to have to obviously spend money to get that out there. Whereas if you collab with someone, you do that every other month with different people, you're both benefiting from growing from each other's audiences and nobody's losing. It's not competitive. You're not taking business away from someone else. And then that's another digital strategy that I think designers could embrace more is that networking online, networking with those complementary non-competitive business owners, commenting on their posts. It can be looking for opportunities to do things together. Uh, And it can just be about finding real community as well, finding other people that can enrich you and, and open your mind up to new ideas. And then also sort of networking in niches. If you love designing for fitness and wellness businesses, where do those business owners hang out? Where can you you, you find them and engage with them. And I think that's a, another area where part of the digital strategy can be around digital networking and using those spaces online to, to meet people, expand your networks as well. Oh, I actually really love that <laughs> phrase of digital networking because that was one of the things I was going to come back to you with you was this mm-hmm. idea that sometimes we can default to coming back to social media, that it's a bit of a push kind of a strategy that we're pushing content out and hoping for likes hoping for content you know comments and feeling disappointed when we don't get them but then there is so much more to the opportunity around building community like stories for me I would much rather hang out in stories day in day out than than post (laughs) number one because I actually feel I quite enjoy sharing those parts of myself and having those kinds of engagements not engaging with other designers no don't I mean it's lovely to support each other but going and commenting on other people's lovely work and giving them lots of love yeah but if you're doing that for 80% of your time then perhaps giving a little bit of your time to your target audience rather than flipping it the other way absolutely it's a missed opportunity isn't it yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's lovely to network within our own niches and, and, you know, definitely do that if you have time. But if you're looking for ways to generate leads, if you're looking for ways to grow your business, you need to be hitting up those complementary businesses and trying to find the kinds of businesses that you want to work with and creating relationships, replying to their stories and saying things, being just really human. And, and you know, the, the best thing about that is it, it generally comes back to you. If you if you spend time being genuine and supporting other people, you know, they they genuinely come back to you and do the same. And, and yeah, there's a, that opportunity just to be seen by new people that could do work with you one day. Yeah. And I think that to me is one of the red flags for creatives, because I do see it a lot, is that if you look at your social metrics and you find that most of your traction and your engagement is from people within your industry, mm-hmm. then that's an opportunity because it's an opportunity yeah. to say, is my content right? Is it hitting the mark yeah. with the people I want to talk yeah. to? And am I investing my time in terms of digital networking yeah. in the right places? Yeah, 100%. I also just wanted to ask you, come back to the email marketing, because as you're talking, I'm going, yes, I need to do more email marketing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is there a rule of thumb, do you think, around the optimal frequency to to, to engage with your list? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, over the last 12 months, I've done a lot of work with e-com businesses and 
it astounds me how often we can send emails and there still be sales conversions and a consistent open rate. And I'm talking every second day. I would think like, oh, surely after like the second day, everyone would just unsubscribe. But I think part of what it opened my mind to is that people aren't always in the right place to receive your email on the day and time that you send it. So I know myself, I would generally have about 100 emails have come in overnight, which is a lot of garbage I've subscribed to over the years. Don't feel don't feel like I wish it would. We need well, an unsubscribe session. I've been doing it this year. I've been actively unsubscribing. But, you know, so at that time of day, I'm quite overwhelmed by my emails. So I will delete. But say on a Thursday at three o'clock, you know, that same email that on Monday morning, I could not care less for, you know, that person emails again with something a little bit different. I'm, you know, I might be in a better headspace to open it. Now, bringing that back to obviously creatives, if you're, if you have a certain offer, I wouldn't be shy in emailing it a couple of times. The initial excitement, having the hey, it's so great because of this follow-up and then having the don't miss out that follow-up. We worry about intruding on people, but at the end of the day, they're in control. It's a it's a one-second flick to delete it if they don't want it. But you might catch people in different times. They're ready to receive that message. More practically, if you're looking at that regular email digest, do it once a week. But if you struggle to get valuable content together once a week, do it once a month. We've uh, in the agency for years had an email that goes out every second week and it has two updates of what's happening in digital marketing, like new changes in digital marketing in the last two weeks. There's always two things at least we can talk. I was going to say, wow. It's, it's, it's frightening. Like yeah. usually team sends me like four or five, like pick two. It's like, wow. And, you know, a blog post now, and that just goes out once a fortnight. And we've found that formula for us works. It's it's high value. It's short and sharp still. It's fortnightly. You know, it has to, it has to be valuable to them. So don't put pressure again, you know, coming back to something that you're a big believer in back, like don't do it just because people are telling you to do it. Do it if it's meaningful. Do it if it's aligned for your business as well. Yeah, make it achievable, isn't it? Make it something you can stick to. Yeah, exactly. I was also reminded actually when you were talking about how you get people onto your list of something quite new that happened to me recently, which was someone I followed for a while and I engaged with a fair bit of their content. Yeah. And I made a particular comment on a post of theirs and they replied. Yeah. And then a few days later, they sent me a DM yes. saying, thank you for your comment on my post, blah, 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 blah. Would you like to be on my email list? I can add you yeah. to my email list if you want. And so I was like, yeah, okay, no worries. Here's my email. Add yeah. me to the list. And that was like a week ago and they still haven't added me to the list. <laughs> but that's a separate thing. It's an interesting approach. I think we sit back and hope that people will join our email list or yeah. they'll see that, you know, yeah. that thing in our footer on our website. Yeah. But that was quite a new thing for me to to go out and say, well, you obviously enjoyed my content. Yeah. There's no pressure here, but if you'd like more, yeah. shall I pop you on my list? And I was yeah. like, okay, it's perhaps a bit more labor intensive, but what it does ensure is that you're potentially capturing people who aren't just there for the freebie, they're there because they want the content Mm -hmm. and maybe they're more, maybe they're kind of more hand-picked in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Can I blow your mind a little bit on that? 
Thank you. Um, they're possibly using a program called ManyChat. So there's a program called ManyChat that connects with Instagram and you can program it to do lots of exciting things like that. You might notice more now people saying in posts, like, if you want my book, comment below, I'm in. And so what they've done there is they've set up a trigger for that post. If someone says I'm in, send them a DM with this link. So they may have a bot through many chat set up that says two days after someone comments on our post, send them this invite to sign up to our email list. And I'm just wondering maybe if you had said yes, instead of your email list, I wonder if that would have triggered the next step. Well, but, it was personalized in that they referenced the specific comment because I hadn't commented on a post mm, saying sign me up or anything. I just had made a observation on their particular yeah. topic. And then it was very personalized to the comment that I'd made. Ah, okay. So yeah, so, maybe that one is personal. So I thought it was just quite interesting, but then yeah. I sort of felt like it fell over a bit because I thought I yeah. was then expecting <laughs> to immediately go get within at least 24 hours oh yes. okay, you've signed up thanks for signing up sort of thing yeah oh totally you'd like I mean especially because you're keen you'd like to see that follow through and that's a really good point because I think yeah. that's the thing with digital is that people are very and, and I'm not necessarily advocating for this because I am very much a believer in do what's right for you but yeah. people do have that need for instant gratification yeah. don't they yeah absolutely and I think we've been trained I mean I think email trained us for that you know, going back to your point, I think that's a great way to try build your list. And I just yeah. thought it was an interesting mindset shift in a way, even for me observing it, mm. was that I think often we still think of our email list as being something a little bit, there's a barrier between yes. us and the person. Oh, do they want to hear from me? Yeah. Yes. Whereas it was it was flipping it and being quite personal about it. Oh, do you want to hear from me every now and then? Yeah, Oh, absolutely. And the funny thing with that is it's amazing how many clients worry about that with social media. You know, the, the amount of time I hear, oh, but I can't post five days a week. People would get sick of me. It's sort of like, oh, yeah. darling, you'll be lucky if they see you once of those five. <laughs> it's so true. We have to remember our, our clients, our ideal clients are very busy. You know, they're very, very busy and we need to kind of go, hi, I'm still here. Yeah. I still yeah. exist. Like, don't forget me. Yeah. I always say that you'll remember you're not Coca-Cola because like, what's the stat? Yes. Something like we see Coke branding, like, x many times a day like every yeah. person or some weird yeah, stuff totally. whereas we're not that but you you no. know I did, I've heard people say oh I don't want to add to the noise that's out there and that in in many ways that's almost a bit naive to think that yeah. you would be even yes. be able to add to the Correct. noise if you wanted to Correct. that's more the point isn't it it's like no 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 you should hope that you become part of the noise <laughs> aim for coca-cola and maybe you'll hit pepsi on the way down <laughs> oh my goodness there is so much amazing stuff there marianne about everything that maybe we're not thinking of or the other opportunities in the digital space because i think as soon as you say digital people immediately go to socials absolutely yeah but there is so much more and i think you make such an important a point about the ownability of different yeah. platforms in digital. You opened so correctly by saying that often we just focus on our socials and we put all our time and energy and effort in there and it's noisy. Advertising is, is one of the other ways to make that social media space more effective and that's not always within everyone's reach but there's a whole lot of other tools where you can have more ownership 
and again, put some of that higher work content to better use. Yeah. Just on the advertising, because I think this is an interesting one. I do see a lot of creatives advertising. They might really be looking for awareness so that they're advertising through Instagram, Facebook, sharing their work. And there's no real offer. It's more that they're just looking for people to come and follow, to come and check out. Do you have any perspective on that? Is that effective? I think unless you have a great budget that you can keep throwing at it, I think when you have a low budget, you really need to have tactical strategies, not brand awareness strategies. Yes, I might follow you because I saw those those lovely pieces of your work, but have I remembered you? And then if I don't engage with you enough in the next couple of weeks, you'll fall to the bottom of my pile anyway. I think if I was going to dabble in advertising and I was a designer, I'd either be using the lead gen objective where then you can collect an email address because that obviously can help with your list building from a branding perspective. You know, a value add package is a nicer place to to play from. I would be showcasing those brand makeovers, for example, and then I would be promoting my package for a limited time only. I'm giving you a bonus X and Y. Brand awareness can be a bit how long is a piece of string in terms of what it then returns and when. And I do, my suspicion is, is it probably attracts to our former point, a lot of your peers who love your work. Yes. Yeah. And inspiration, like want inspiration as well. So they're looking for, you know, who should I follow to get new ideas? And yeah, no, totally. So final question. Here we are at the beginning of 2023. Yeah, what are the trends? What's on our horizon at the moment? What do we need to be, as the veteran (laughs) bridge, the geriatric of digital marketing, what can you share? What should we be keeping our eyes peeled for? Look, I don't think, as we know, video is not going away. Short form video is not going away. Even though Instagram has said that they're reprioritizing still images and carousels, The evidence isn't there yet. I'd love to see it come back as being as high value content as as the short form videos because I think there's a different level of value that you can deliver in a post or a carousel. I think there's going to be a lot of talk this year about AI, whether we like it or not. And it will, again, be very, very interesting to see how that washes out and who uses it and for what. Obviously, um, A lot of people that are playing with it at the moment are saying, especially from a content writing point of view, it's great for ideas and outlines, but you wouldn't want to rely on it for the content either. My concern is the replication, the lack of originality, what will happen there if we we all go to that. But I do think that that kind of AI conversation will be huge and obviously for design as well. And then I think I'm definitely seeing a shift in ads where video ads are now more effective. So in the past, we would find that people could watch a video, but they couldn't click a link at the same time or afterwards. (laughs) Multitask. We could only do one or the other. Don't stress (laughs) them out. But over the last three months, certainly, we've seen a lot more conversion come out of video ads and even that kind of reels ads, you know, short form video ads that's really surprised me. And I think we will continue to see it. I think now that people are more exposed to video, more comfortable with video, they're they're now at that point where they can be, I guess, converted from video as well, which I didn't see so much in the past. 
So I think it's, you know, with time we learn how to adapt our strategies. And I think that's what digital marketing is. You know, it's adapting the strategy always with your client in mind firstly, and then secondly, you know, playing to the tools that are out there. Amazing. As always, my darling, you are a fount of knowledge. I feel like I've got a list to do, but I don't feel like it's an unmanageable list. Yes, no pressure. Never any pressure. I've always consistently said to people, just do two things to start with. You know, I have clients that would be like, I want Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest. And they're like, no, no, no. What we'll do is we'll get really good at two and then we can add because when there's too many balls to juggle, we just do nothing. So be kind to yourself. I think with all business, it's it's a marathon. Test, measure, learn, but not exhaust yourself by trying to do everything at once. Thank you, my lovely. It has been awesome to chat to you. And I will chat to you again soon. Maybe not on the podcast, but I will definitely chat to you again soon. We've got a book in our um, Walking Dead podcast episode. Yeah, so. well, we do need to do that. And we, we might even have a whole to... other channel for it. Maybe we could pull apart episode by episode. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it'll go big because who wants to listen to two like 40 odd year old women talking about Walking Dead? <laughs> Everyone, obviously. Yes. Oh, thanks so much, lovely. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me, Beck Hughes, on the C Word podcast. If you like what you heard, subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends and business buddies who might like to listen in too. The music for this podcast is by Red Productions on Pixabay.